Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to the Two Footed Podcast. It is Friday, the 4th of June, and we're brought to you by EPLindex.com in association with our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider that's a virtual privacy network, allows you to go online, access American Netflix if when you change your location. It keeps your data safe. LibertyShield.com, use the code EPLVPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, Giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk. And finally, do be sure to check out the EPL Index shop on Etsy. It was down for a day or two. Technical difficulties. It is back up and there is new stuff getting put up every day. So check out the EPL Index shop on Etsy. Right, folks. It is a quiet news day. Trent Alexander-Arnold has been ruled out of the England squad. We knew that yesterday. It'll be interesting to see who he, who Southgate replaces him with. Uh, I would put money on Jesse Lingard because it's Southgate. He said he will not confirm a replacement until after the game against Romania on Sunday, which is a strange way to operate, but it is what it is. Uh, the Republic of Ireland beat Andorra 4-1 last night. Andorra went 1-0 up. It looked like embarrassment was on the cards. But uh, two goals from Troy Parrott, one from Jason Knight, and one from Daryl Horgan gave Ireland a 4-1 win. Four goals. They probably won't score again now for the rest of the year. Uh, Arsenal have confirmed that David Luiz has departed the club and that Danny Ceballos and Martin Odegaard have both returned to Real Madrid after loan spells. I think it's for the best that Louise leaves. He hasn't been particularly good for them. Um, also in the news, Nicholas Bettner retired. Now, this came as quite a surprise to me, largely because I didn't realise he was still playing. I thought he'd retired years ago. Somehow he's only 33. Um, he hadn't kicked a ball in two years. He was last known to play with Copenhagen in 2019 having played with Rosenberg and done quite well with Rosenberg, went to Copenhagen and uh, didn't do a whole lot of much. But uh, yeah, he has announced his retirement after two years away. Strange. Very strange. Uh, Not really sure that anybody needed the announcement. Um, I also saw something interesting the other day. Christian Atsu has left Newcastle. I thought he'd left years ago. Uh, Simone Inzaghi has been appointed Inter Milan coach. This one had been coming. 
Um, Antonio Conte left. Inzaghi comes in. Two-year contract, it's Italy, so he'll be lucky to see six months. But he's done really well at Lazio. And his style of play, his back three fundamentals, should be a good fit at Inter Milan. Jordi Cruyff, son of the late, great Johan Cruyff, has returned to Barcelona in a strategic role. Uh, He came through the academy there, uh, went to Manchester United, had a career because of his surname, more so than his ability as a player. He has previously been a sporting director with Maccabi Tel Aviv and AEK Lamaca in Cyprus. Um, I'm not sure that those roles qualify him to have a high-ranking role with Barca, but he has been managing. Uh, He's managed four different clubs in the last three years. Sorry, three clubs and a national team. Maccabi Tel Aviv for a year. Went pretty well. Went pretty well. Won 29 of his 50 games. Went to China with Kuangjing Langjing Athletic. 44 games in charge. Just the 14 wins. 30% uh, win ratio. Was appointed manager of, of Ecuador in January 2020. Left in July 2020 without having overseen a single game. Uh, took over with Shenzhen in China in September. 17 games in charge. Just the seven wins. 41%. Win ratio. This seems like a move just to get somebody with the name Cruyff back involved with Barcelona, which is absolutely fair. It is absolutely fair to have that legacy, that that link to their past and to the man that shaped what is the modern Barcelona. So, um, look, he's getting by in his dad's name. Best of luck to him. Uh, that's pretty much all the news. So... I realized, having finished yesterday's podcast, that I missed a couple of questions. So I thought, since I've nothing better to do today, I would, um, I'd go over them and answer them. So, one of them was from yesterday, it was from Cal, Dunno96. Who is your 11 of Barclays Premier League players from when they sponsored it from 2001 to 2016? Not necessarily the best players. But the ones you just that just can't be separated from that era of football. Right, so I had a bit of a think about this. To me, Mark Schwarzer is just that era of goalkeeper. Big, not particularly athletic, but a very effective goalkeeper. Did very well for himself. He'd, I remember when Middlesbrough bought him in 97, and he was quite good for them. And then he was with Borough, obviously, for like 11 years. Then went on to Fulham and had a really good career. And then he knocked around as a backup goalkeeper uh, with Chelsea and Leicester. But for me, I think Mark Schwarzer was one of the best goalkeepers of that era. And he was very much a goalkeeper of that era. Um, At the back, I I don't think you can separate Phil Jones from that era. Because he was meant to be the next big thing for England. He was the next great English centre-back. The next John Terry the next leader, the next captain, and all this kind of stuff. And he went to Manchester United, and what he's become is a meme. Phil Jones' face is now more worthy of mention than Phil Jones, the football player. He's been very unfortunate with injuries. United never developed him properly. So I think Phil Jones is deserving of a place in this team. Um, I'm going with a back three. So I've got David Luiz. Now, I know he's still playing 
but he has been fairly atrocious the last couple of years. But I remember his first season, his first spell with Chelsea, 2011-2014, and he was just mad, absolutely mental. And there was something about him and the criticism he was receiving from pundits that was different to what we'd seen from other pundits and other players. For some reason, David Luiz just strikes me as one of the defining centre-backs of the Premier League era when it was sponsored by Barclays, but not for any good reasons. Uh, to to match up with him, I've gone with a, a guy with similar hair, Fabrizio Colaccini, because when you think of central, central defensive players from that era, Colaccini is just sort of one of those. He's just one that pops into your head. He's not particularly good he was he was good for Newcastle but he wasn't a great center back um for some reason Colaccini's just one that I think belongs so I've got Colaccini David Louise and Phil Jones as my back three um I've gone four across the middle I'm keeping Gilberto Silva in because I need a defensive midfielder but Tim Cahill to me is is one of the defining players of the the Barclays era his eight years at Everton, he was just a constant pain in the backside for everybody. Nobody liked playing against him. He was full of needle, scored big goals. I think he was overrated hugely by Everton fans, but underrated by most other fans. Everton fans, I think, thought he was some sort of world-class player. Um, I think a lot of people thought he was just, you know, good in the air and nothing else. But Tim Cahill could play. So I've got him. That's my two central midfielders. Uh, I'm going for a pair of Newcastle wingbacks. Uh, Nobby Solano. There's just... Nobby Solano, coming over from Peru, nobody would ever heard of him before. I know he, he arrived from Boca Juniors, but nobody had heard of Nobby Solano when he arrived in the Premier League. This was... Pre-social media, the internet hadn't really exploded the way it has now. Breaking news, Thomas Tuchel has agreed a new long-term contract at Chelsea. Had to happen. Absolutely had to happen. He just won them a Champions League. Um, you'd imagine now the next step will be to back him heavily in the transfer market, which everybody should be terrified about. Um, yeah, so Nobby Solano is my right wing back. Uh, Newcastle, Aston Villa, Newcastle, West Ham. Ten years in England, seven in this Premier League era. Great crosser of the ball. Lovely fella by all accounts. Um, loved England. Like, left England, came back and played for Leicester, Hull and Hartlepool. Didn't have much success with any of them, but he uh, he loved playing in England. So I'm going to go with him as my right wing back. I did consider Morton Gamps Pedersen, who who Cal mentioned, but Laurent Robert for me on the other wing. Laurent Robert, who just had such a simplified game, get it onto his left foot and whip it as hard as he could, either at the goal or into the box. Played for Newcastle from 2001 to 2006 with a loan spell at Southampton uh, in the final season, would go to Benfica, Levante and then come back and play briefly for Derby County before heading off to play for Toronto FC. I I think Laurent Robert was a very, very good player. Underrated by many. 
I think in a better team, a different type of team, he could have been more effective. But yeah, I go Laurent Ribeiro as my other wing backs. So I've got Solano and, and Ribeiro as my wing backs. I'm going with Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank up front because he's just one I can't separate from this era. Now, again, I know he played for Leeds pre Barclays era, but he was at Chelsea, Middlesbrough, and then Charlton and Cardiff um, later in his career. But his time, especially at Chelsea and Borough, he was just brilliant. Like his ability to shoot with both feet, his fearlessness. The fact that he rarely seemed all that bothered about running. Just give him the ball and he just let fly from anywhere. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, to me, is is one of the, the players that I always associate with that era. And then the team I associate most with that era as just being so unexpected is Sam Allardyce's Bolton, and largely because of two players. And they're the two we'll play behind Jimmy. JJ Akotcha. Played for Bolton from 02 to 06, 124 games in the Premier League, 14 goals. JJ Kocha was one of the most talented players in Europe. And if you'd seen him with Eintracht Frankfurt and Fenerbahce and then PSG, you knew this was somebody with incredible gifts who was worth keeping an eye on and could end up at a, a top club. It never really happened for him. And he was 29 when he made the move to Bolton. But even at that, moving to Bolton at 29 was a strange move for him. You would have expected there would have been other clubs interested. He had that one year at PSG with him and Ronaldinho. And what they did to defenders was mean. Like They would literally dribble past somebody, pass it to the other fella, and then he'd go and dribble past the same person just to embarrass them. Or they'd lift it over one, lift it back over, put it through his legs, and then play it to the fellow who'd do the same thing. They were just mean, but they were brilliant. They were so enjoyable. But JJ Akacha rocking up at Bolton will remain one of the strangest things to happen in the Premier League era. Uh, also played for Hull City, of course. And then uh, Yuri Jorkaev, who arrived two years later. No, excuse me, he arrived the same summer, 2002. Uh, Yuri only stayed two years, would go on to Blackburn briefly and then go and retire with the New York Red Bulls. But Yuri Jorkayev coming was an even bigger shock. Now, he was 34, so it was the end of his career. Um, he arrived from, from Kaiserslautern, where he'd gone after leaving into Milan. World Cup winner, European Championship winner. Him and Zidane were the main creative forces behind that incredible French team. He'd won 82 caps. He'd just won it all. Cup Winners' Cup with PSG, UEFA Cup with Inter Milan. It's such a shame that that Bolton team didn't win the 2004 League Cup final. Borough beat them in the final. It, it's an awful shame that um, that Bolton couldn't have won it because just with that team. So they had in the final, Yussi Yaskalainen, Nicky Hunt, longtime Premier League player, Bruno and Gotti, who I'd forgotten they had, Emerson Tome, who knocked around for years, Simon Charlton, 
don't think he played a ton in the Premier League, Simon Charles. I think he was mostly a lower league player. That's it happened for a long time. Meh. Knocked around for a long, long time, though. Over over 500 league appearances. Uh, Pair, <coughs> excuse me. Pair Franson was a quality player. Ivan Campo, JJ Akacha, and Kevin Nolan, who, you know, was a pain in the backside for years. Yuri Jorkayev, and then big Kev, Kevin Davies up front. It was just a fun team. Bruno and Gotti. I had completely forgotten they had Bruno and Gotti. I remember them signing Ivan Campo. I should have put him in as a centre-back. He has the mental hair to go with Colaccini and Louise. I could have had a great hair back three. Um, but yeah, like UC Yaskalainen would be another one of those defining goalkeepers. And funnily enough, in the other goal, Mark Schwarzer. Danny Mills, Ugo Ekihog, may he rest in peace. Uh, Gareth Southgate, Frank, Frank Quadro. He was a good left back. I enjoyed watching him play. Geiske Mendieta. George Boatang obviously played for Villa as well. Deriva didn't really work all that well in England. Bolo Zenden. The brilliant Janino. And Joseph Desiree Job, who ran and ran and ran and ran. <laughs> Never really scored too many goals. But by God, that boy could work up front. Um, Brad Jones, who'd go on to play for Liverpool. Stuart Downing, who'd go on to play for Liverpool. Massimo Macaroni, who they, I think they paid like £9 million for. And Michael Ricketts, who if I'm not mistaken, had one brilliant year with Bolton. And Borough paid, yeah, Borough paid £3.5 million for him. Um, yeah. What what a that game that game in itself and the two teams kind of encompasses that era of all these foreign players arriving in, all the money that was going around, and you just had quality players rocking up here, there, and everywhere. And it it had started, I suppose, in about '94 when the Premier League money really started to cycle in. But in, in the 2000s, when the TV deals went up and the sponsorship deals went up, there was just more and more players arriving in for. All kinds of clubs, you know, like, I mean, Benito Carboni would probably be a few years before this when he went to Sheffield Wednesday. But he was linked with all manner of clubs before he arrived at Wednesday. And Wednesday were just able to outbid them. Like, he was linked with top Italian clubs. He played for Torino, Napoli and Inter. And he was been linked with Milan and Juve and Lazio and Roma. And next thing he lands at Sheffield Wednesday because they just had more money than the top Italian clubs. Um, so that's that question. So I hope that answers that for you. Um, moving on. Lee, LJK1892. Decent options for a right-back backup to Trent that would be reasonably priced if finances are tight. Excuse me. Uh, particularly if Nico Williams leaves permanently or on loan. So I would say the three I would look at, Elsid Heizaj from Napoli. He's on a free, 27-28, experienced international, can play both sides, can play centre-back. 
might take a little bit of convincing to come in and take a squad role, but he hasn't always been first choice over the last two years at Napoli. I think if you show him a big enough bag of money and show him the medals he can win, I think he'd be happy enough to come in for a couple of years. Ola Aina from uh, from Torino just had a good season with Fulham. Again, plays both sides, can play central. Last summer, Fulham secured an eight million pound buy option on him. This summer, you might get him for six million. He's homegrown because he came through the Chelsea academy. He was born in England. Very, very talented player. Good age. You could bring him in on the cheap, have him for a couple of years, and sell him in two, three years and make a good profit on him. And then the third one I would look at is Jed Spence of Middlesbrough. And he would be my top option because I think he's the one with the most room for development. And I think he's the one who'd be happiest to come in and learn behind Trent. And again, I think you get him in, you develop him for two, three years, and you can sell him at a profit. He's a really talented player. Borough are open to a sale, but it will have to be at the right price. Again, I think six to eight million probably gets it done. They're in the championship. They need money in because they've got a lot of rebuilding to do. They'd be the three options I'd look at. And to be honest, I wouldn't really stray far from that list. Liverpool will probably find somebody else, but those are the three I'd look at. Um, okay, so Nayan Mahapatra. If I butchered your name, mate, I'm really sorry. Um, pick your best Liverpool 11 from 2010-11 to 2020-21. You can only pick one player from each season. E.g., if you have Salah 17-18, you can't pick Mane 17-18 or Salah 18-19. That's absolutely fair, no problem. Um, so I've actually done this in advance because it, this was going to take too too much time. So I haven't got the best versions of certain players, but I feel like I've picked the best possible 11 for this. I've gone with a back four, a box midfield, of course, and two up front. So 2010-11, though not by any means the best season of his career, I'm going to pick Steven Gerrard. 24 games, 8 goals, carried Liverpool under Hodgson, got injured second half of the season. But that Gerrard was kind of the last real year of his prime. He was 31 at that point. He turned 31 at the end of the season. So that, to me, is the last real you know year of Gerrard's prime. I know he had that run in 13-14, but he also had a dreadful first half of that season. So I'll go with that Gerard. That Gerard. Plus there's better players in 13-14 than him. 11-12. Um, I'm having to cheat a little bit and pick Fabio Aurelio. I think he only played about four games. But the other left-back options, because I can't get Andy Robertson, are so bad that I'm just going to take Fabio Aurelio. Um. 12-13, I'm going with Daniel Agger. Played 35 games in the league. Scored three goals. Second half of the season was absolutely outstanding. Um, carried Jamie Carragher to the end of his career. I will go Danny Agger all day. 13-14 uh, has to be Luis Suarez. It's, it's still the best season I've ever seen 
a player have for Liverpool. So Suarez is in. 14-15, it has to be Coutinho. What a player. What an absolutely fantastic player. So now I've got Coutinho and Gerrard as my two advanced players in my box midfield. This one won't be all that popular. 15-16, I'm going with Emre Chan. Single-handedly carried Liverpool to a Europa League final. Incredible performance in the second leg against Villarreal with torn ankle ligaments. Had been brilliant against Dortmund. Emre Chan is one of my central midfielders. Uh, you'll see why as we move forward. At 16-17, it has to be Trent purely to get him in the team. Uh, this is the season he made his debut. He played seven times in the Premier League, 12 appearances in total. Again, it's not vintage Trent, but the other right-back options are awful, and I want to get Trent into the team. So I've now got Trent and Aurelio as my full-backs. Agar is one centre-back, and I'll take 17-18 Virgil van Dijk as my partner for him. Um, it's not, again, not the classic Virgil, which would have come the following year, but I'm going to take this version of Virgil because he was brilliant from the day he walked in. 18-19, uh, we're going with Alison Becker. He was phenomenal that season. Best goalkeeper in the world, for my money. You've got to have him in the team. Played 51 times, was brilliant. Absolutely key to the Champions League win. So Alison Becker is the goalkeeper. 19-20, I'm going with Mo Salah. Again, not the classic Salah year. But I'm looking for balance here. It's it's the the fewest goals he scored for Liverpool, but I still think his his creativity and everything else was on point. Um, so I've got Salah up front now with Suarez, and then my final piece this season, Fabinho. Um, sit him into midfield next to Emre. Those two will provide the platform. Gerard and and Coutinho fully free to go forward, but can obviously drop out and become wide midfielders when we're out of possession. Suarez and, and Salah up front, uh, Trent and Aurelio, Agar and Virgil, and uh, Ali. So, yeah, that's it. That is that is the team I'll pick for you. I hope that's okay. Um, okay, so Gautam LFC asked me, and I was going to do this next week, but we've got lots of Euro stuff to do next week. So, one realistic signing that could be transformational for each Premier League side. So I looked at the Arsenal team. They need a right back. They need midfielders. They need centre back. They need a goalkeeper. I think they have midfielders. I think they have centre backs that can solve their problems. Saliba at centre back. Guendouzi or Torreira in midfield. I think you could put Ainsley Maitland-Niles at right back and you'd have a good player there. Um, so I'm going to go with goalkeeper. And I think a realistic option for them. And I, I, I throw his name out for multiple clubs. But he is someone I genuinely think is capable of being a top-class goalkeeper. Is Predrag Rajkovic of Reims. I don't think he'd be overly expensive. He's a massive upgrade on Bernard Leno. They, they may sign Onana. And if they do, that's absolutely fine. That takes care of the same job. But Rajkovic is the one I would go for. I think he's a better goalkeeper than Onana. I think he's a little bit more reliable. Not quite as good with his feet but still good with his feet. And for me, just a more capable shot stopper, more uh, better on crosses. 
Um, Villa. The biggest weakness in the Villa team is Tyron Mings. So you've got to get him out and get someone good in. I think Maxence Lacroix of Wolfsburg is a top-class centre-back in the making. 6-3, dominant in the air, very quick, powerful player, good on the ball. Him and Konza, to me, would be a really nice blend. For Burnley, you've got to get more goals in the team. You've got to get a poacher type in the team next to Chris Wood. You'll get good delivery from McNeil, the fullbacks, and Brownhill when he plays on the right is more than capable. When it's not him, it's Goodmanson, it's Brady, so it's good delivery again. So I'm looking for someone who can be active in and around the penalty box, react quick to knockdowns. 12 months ago, I would have said Rian Brewster could be ideal for this. I'll go Eddie and Ketia of Arsenal. Doesn't really seem to have much of a future at the Gunners. So he is potentially available. Um, I don't think he'd cost the sun, moon and the stars. So I think Burnley could potentially afford him. So I think it's realistic. Brentford. So I'm going with next season's Premier League teams rather than last season's, if that's okay. Brentford, Michael Elise of Reading. £8 million buyout clause. I'm amazed he's still there. Super talented. Creative. Can play a multitude of positions, right wing, left wing, centre midfield, or as a 10. I think he would fit really nicely into that Brentford team. And his creativity should lead to a lot more chances for Ivan Tony and Brian Mbwemo. So, Mbwemo, so I'm going with him. Uh, Brighton, it's going to be Vootweghorst until they sign a striker. I don't care. I think he would be ideal. I think he'd link up really well with the likes of Mope, Trossard, uh, Connolly, and Lex McAllister. It's going to be him until they sign a striker. Um, Chelsea. I think the biggest need is someone to partner Kante in midfield, especially in those bigger games. Jorginho has done a fairly decent job, but physically he does struggle at times. Defensively, he's not always the most reliable I know they need centre-backs, but I still think they can get by with centre with the centre-backs they have. But I'm going to go Marcelo Brozovic of Chelsea, of Inter Milan to Chelsea. I think he is the type of tactically intelligent player who would fit really well next to Kante and give Kante the freedom to go and do what it is that he does best, which is attack players, win the ball, press high up the pitch, and get Chelsea turned around and going in the right direction. Kante is brilliant in transition, but Brozovic is, is exceptional in a set system. So you get the best of both worlds. And like I say, I think he's tactically smart enough to carry out Tuchel's instructions and good enough on the ball to replace what you'd lose by taking out Jorginho. Um, for Palace, I think goals from midfield is an issue. So I've got Joe Willock of Arsenal. I think he's available because Arsenal are stupid. I think he'll be affordable because Arsenal are stupid. I think he'd quite like to stay in London. He'll definitely want a Premier League team, regular starting minutes. Palace should have plenty of money to spend this summer. I think Joe Willock makes a lot of sense for them. For Everton, they've got a couple of needs, but I think one of the biggest ones, I was going to go goalkeeper, but I'm going to leave Pickford alone. I've mocked him long enough for his tiny little arms, so we'll leave him alone for today, the tiny-armed little man. Um, Max Ahrens 
Everton can be very, very predictable because so much of their attacking play goes through Lucadinha. Max Ahrens would give them a similar level of quality on the right-hand side and would then open the field up, make them less predictable, give them two avenues of chance creation. I think Max Ahrens makes a lot of sense for Everton. He's also very close mates with Ben Godfrey, so that'll be an easy settling-in period for him. For Leeds, I want more creativity in the team. More, Always more creativity. So, Mateus Pereira of West Brom. I think you get him and Rafinha in the same team, and you're having samba parties every second week. I think Mateus Pereira would be perfect under Bielsa. He works really hard. He's brilliant on the ball. Great set-piece taker as well, which would be a help. I think Pereira would be absolute dynamite in that Leeds team. can play multiple, multiple positions. In the 4-1-4-1, he can play right wing, left wing, or as one of the two central midfielders ahead of Calvin Phillips. So I think Pereira is good there. For Leicester, I think a wide player with real burning pace. So I've gone with, uh, with uh, Ishmael Assar of Watford. Now, again, I'm not saying he should leave Watford, but I do think he'd be a really good fit for Leicester. I think he'd be a really affordable piece for them. I don't think he'd be out of their budget. I think he'd give them what they lack. Now, they use um, Albrighton in that role quite a bit, and he's he's decent. He gives you everything he has, but he is past his best now, and it is time to start looking for a younger replacement. And I do think uh, Ishmael Assar could be a good option for them. For Liverpool, Jadon Sancho. I absolutely think Jadon Sancho is realistic. I think Jadon Sancho would give them the opportunity to move to a front four, either in a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-4-2. I think you play him off one wing and Mane off the other and get Salah into the central areas. I think Sancho would be transformational for Liverpool. For Man City, I've got, I've gone with Harry Kane because... You know, there's not a whole lot of things that can transform them. I don't even think Kane transforms them. They'll have to alter how they play to get Kane in the team. But I don't think that's a big issue. Um, so I've gone with Harry Kane. For Manchester United, Declan Rice. And again, I'm not saying he should leave. And I'm not saying Kane should leave Spurs either. I'm just saying this is who I think make sense or who you know who they could get that would improve them greatly when i went through through the city team it's very hard to find somebody i mean you could go for a left back a teo hernandez maybe for city but nobody wants to hear that um so declan rice for united they need a ball winning midfielder but most importantly they need someone that will sit in front of the defense protect the defense give a platform for the attacking players to go and play from and maybe give you more opportunities to play Paul Pogba in central midfield, which I think he'd get next to Rice, who'll do his defensive work for him. Um, for Newcastle, I went with Wolf Zaha. Now, Wolf Zaha has once again asked to leave Crystal Palace. It, it's, it's how we know it's summer. Um, I just think Zaha would be a lot of fun for Newcastle. If you had Zaha and Wilson up front as a two, with St. Maximum and Almiron as wingers. I just think that'd be a lot of fun. 
I could be wrong, but I, and I don't know if he'd want to go to Newcastle. He might look at Newcastle and go, well, why wouldn't I just stay where I am? But I don't know. Like, no top club is going to want him that I can see. Like, unless Arsenal get foolish, but they already have a bunch of players in wide areas. They don't need another winger. Um, I don't know if he'd have interest in Villa. Villa, I could see him going to. Or I could see, rather, I could see going for him, but I don't know if he'd have that interest. Um, Everton, maybe, but is that a huge step up for him? It, I mean, it is. It, let's be fair, it is. But I don't know. I, I just think, I think Newcastle would be fun. For for them, for him, I don't know. For for them, I think it'd be fun. I think he's affordable, is about it. Um, Norwich need goals. Bottom line. I don't know if this one's realistic. I think it I think it is potentially. I think Myron Boadu of AZ Alkmaar is somebody they could get. They'd have to be brave, they'd have to take a little bit of a risk in spending more than they normally do. But I think he's the type of player that could be a massive game changer for them. And if they are adamant that they're keeping hold of Todd Cantwell and Emmy Buendia, they need a goal scorer because you cannot rely on Timu Puki. So I've gone for him. I think Southampton need a striker to go with with Danny Ings. Someone that can either partner him or replace him and can play with the other forward options they have there. I've gone with Odson Edouard of Celtic. Now, Edouard would be somewhere in the 15 to 18 million pound range, apparently, because he's run his contract down. And he's only got one year left. He has been linked with uh, Leicester. But I think there's an opportunity to jump in and steal a march. Um, for Spurs, I initially wrote down Antonio Conte because I think he's the best signing they can make. I think he would be transformational. But as a play- for a player, I think Skriniar, the, the centre-back from Inter Milan, who Conte has absolutely fallen in love with over the last 12 months, I think bring him in next to Toby Alderweireld and the left footer in a back three, I think that gives Spurs the platform to be go and become a Conte team. Watford, I think they need a centre back more than anything else. Mark Wahey, he's not. It wouldn't be transformational, but I think he would massively improve their defence. I don't know if they could buy him, but they could definitely loan him. Very talented, young, athletic, quick, can play either side at, at centre back. I think he could be a very, very smart signing for them if they have intentions of staying up West Ham I think they need a goal scorer they create an awful lot of chances and while Mikel Antonio is a very very good player and very difficult to deal with he's not a natural poacher he's not going to get you 15 to 18 Premier League goals every season but Pats and Daka might and they are heavily linked with Daka I think Daka is the one for them and then for Wolves I think centre-back has to be the first port of call uh, I've gone Portuguese, of course. Diogo Lete of Porto, commanding six foot four centre back, dominant in the air, good on the ball, quick, aggressive. Many people say far more talented than Ruben Diaz. I don't know if he has Diaz's drive. Still three years, two, three years younger than Diaz, but probably slightly ahead of where Diaz was at the same time. I think he's the one. Um, so that's the answer to that one. And then I think the final question I had was from Cameron. 
Yeah, Cameron Vela. You're in charge of Southampton. What do you do to change the team and turn the ship around? You have a net spend budget of 65 million, loans not included. Um, so we look at the Southampton squad. You've got three goalkeepers that they own. McCarthy, Gunn, and Forster. All decent. None of them jump out as he's the one you really want starting every single game. But I do think there's value in a couple of them. Now, I wouldn't sell Angus Gunn because he's the youngest of the three. He's also probably, his value's probably hit a bit of a a, a low mark. So I keep Gunn. I think I'd keep McCarthy and I'd try and sell Forster. I think I can probably get five million for Fraser Forster somewhere. Championship clubs or even a club like Watford coming up could have an interest in him. So I'm gonna sell Forster for five million. So I, I want a starting goalkeeper. I need a backup right back. Because the only right back I have is Kyle Walker-Peters. Now, they do own Jan Valeri, um, who was sent on loan last season. He is talented. It might just be worth sticking with him because there's quite a bit to do. I mean, three years ago, he was basically their first choice right back, but he has fallen off. Mark Hughes liked him. Maybe that's maybe that's a bad thing. Do you know what? I'm going to keep him. I'm going to keep him. So let me just write this down. I've got McCarthy and Gunn as my backup goalkeepers. So I need a starter. I've got Kyle Walker-Peters and Valeri as my right backs. Uh, I do not own a single left back, so I've got to buy two left backs. I really like Bednarak, so I'm more than happy with him as uh, as my right side centre back. And I do quite like Jack Stevens, not as a starter. Don't think he's that level, but I think he's a solid backup player. Um, he's reliable and. He won't let me down if I need him in the team. Um, I really like Salisu. I think he is a very, very good player. He's going to develop into a top centre-back, in my view. Great on the ball. Good defender. Reads the game well. Quick and aggressive. So I'm absolutely happy with him. So I've got three centre-backs. I'm selling Yannick Vestergaard. I'm going to find a sucker who's going to have watched his last season and think, that's the centre-back for me. And I reckon I can get 15 to 18 million for him. I think that's fair, isn't it? I don't think that's I don't think that's reaching too far. Um I don't know if Wesley Hoyt is still owned by them. Signed a five year, still got a year left. So Wesley Hoyt, we are selling. Um they paid set they paid 15 million for him. I'll take five to get rid of him. Uh, they do have a young left-back called Jake Vokens, who I must admit I don't know much, but he played once this season. 
I genuinely don't remember seeing him play this season. You know what? If it fills a void, it fills a void. So he can be my backup left back. Um, so I need a backup centre back, starting goalkeeper, starting left back. In midfield, I'm going to stick with the box midfield, of course. So Walker Peter, oh, sorry, uh, Ward Prowse is your kind of ball-playing midfielder. There is no backup to him at the club. None at all. But they do have Romeo and Diallo as their uh, ball-winning midfielders. So I need a backup midfielder there. Now, they still own Mario Lamina. When does his contract run out? He has a year left as well. Now, I do like Mario Lamina, and he he's only 27. So I think Mario Lamina comes back in. But I always like, you want to have five midfielders if you're playing a midfield too. So I'll keep Lamina, but I still want one more. Still want some sort of ball player in there. Um, then you've got the attacking midfielders. So who have we got? We've got... Stuart Armstrong, Musa Janapo, Nathan Redmond. That's oh, they've got they still own El Yunasi, who's been at Celtic the last few years. Um, he's got two years left in his deal, so I, I actually really liked him for Celtic. I actually do really like him. It didn't work from its Saints first time round. But he's still got multiple years left in his contract. And he wasn't really given a great chance at at Southampton. I'm going to keep hold of him. And then up front, you've got Ings. You've got Che Adams. And then you've got a bunch of younger players. Um, Lundulu. Or end, end, end Lundulu. He looks decent from when I've seen him. Obafemi. I like Obafemi, but that might be me being biased. Um, I don't like Theo Walcott, personally. I would not keep Theo Walcott. I would look to move him out, but they are probably going to keep him. And then I've still got Nathan Teller, uh, Will Smallbone, the lunatic that got sent off at Old Trafford after like eight seconds. Uh, what is his name? Yankovitz. Yeah, <laughs> lunatic. Um, you know what Saints, you're going to have a strong academy. So what I'm left with then, I need a goalkeeper, a left back, a backup centre-back, a midfielder, I want a striker, and I think I want one more. I probably want two centre-backs, to be fair, to have five. I think I want one more in um, in attacking midfield as well. What will that give me? That will give me three, five, seven, twelve, seventeen, twenty-two. That'll give me my 
27. One, two, so I need seven players in. Um, let's start with left back. If he hadn't come up with Brentford, I would have said Rico Henry would have been a really nice fit here. But I think Lloyd Kelly of Brentford is going to be my pick to come in at left back. Quality player, can also play centre back, comfortable on the ball. Plenty of p- uh, potential. I'm going to go Lloyd Kelly. I think, I think Bournemouth paid. What did Bournemouth pay? Did they paid twelve million for him. Thirteen million from Bristol. I think fifteen million might get him because I think they might be in a bit of financial trouble this summer, and I might have to go back to them as well for somebody else. Um. He gave me 65 million net. I spent sold 25 million. So I've got 90 million. Like it leaves me with 75. I think Odson Edward, like I said earlier, is the striker to go for. I'll say 18 million to be nice to Celtic. That leaves me with 57 million. I think Lewis Cook, also from Bournemouth, is far too good for the championship. Now I know they paid 20 million for him, but he's torn his ACL. I don't think he's got a huge amount of time left on his contract, maybe two years. He's got one year left on his contracts. I'm going to go and steal him off, um, off Bournemouth. I'm giving them 10 million for him. I think that's more than fair. With a year left in his deal. That's 47 million remaining. Freddie Woodman, I think, is the goalkeeper I'd go for. Have to... hmm. None of the goalkeepers that went down would interest me. Unless I could get Ariola. Could I get Ariola? If you're not in, you can't win. We'll throw 15 million at PSG for Ariola. It might happen. He might he seemed to enjoy life in the Premier League. So, you know, we'll we'll make a go with that. That leaves me with 32 million left. Um, I need one, two, three more players. Um, Gary Cahill is out of contract at Crystal Palace. So I'm going to go and try and get him on a free to bring in to be my fourth slash fifth center back. Um, Good experience, veteran, leader, can teach the younger players. I think Gary Cahill, a culture setter as well. Um, Someone who's kind of been through everything, having played for a bunch of different clubs, a bunch of different levels of clubs as well. Um, But 32 million left. 
and I'm basically just looking for squad players at this point. So I can afford to go and be ambitious with one of them. So I'm going to go for Loic Bade from Len, centre-back, 20 million. Bring him in. Gives me the option of playing a back three with Bednarak and Salisu. Gives me the protection I need if somebody comes in in a year to steal Bednarak or Salisu. Could potentially replace either of them and become a starter. You could play him and Bednarak, him and Salisu. Be very, very happy. I'm going to be aggressive with him. Um, and then I just want one more sort of in in the attacking midfield line. I'll just buy Michael Elise. Why not? Michael Elise, 8 million. There you go. Got 4 million left. Bonus for me. So Ariola gives me Ariola, Gunn, and McCarthy as my goalkeepers. Walker, Peters, and Valerie as my, as my um, right backs. Lloyd Kelly and Jake Vokens as my left backs. Bednarak, Salisu, Bade, Stevens, and Gary Cahill as my centre backs. Ward Prowse, Romeo, Lewis Cook, um, Diallo and Lamina as my five midfielders. Armstrong, Genepo, Elise, Elianasi and Redmond as my sort of attacking midfielder slash wide players. Ings, Edward, Adams, Lundulu and Obafemi as my um, as my strikers. And then I've still got Nathan Teller, Harry Lewis, bunch of academy players, uh, Will Smallbone, and Theo Walcott, who I don't know what I'd do with, to be totally honest. But he is staying. But Lundulu counts as an academy player, so I don't have to name him in my in my senior squad, so Walcott can just take that role instead. There you go. That's what I'd do. Um Right, we'll just wrap up with the gossip and we'll get out of here for today. Ivory Coast forward Wolf Zaha has told Crystal Palace he wants to leave. Uh, Tottenham are on the brink of appointing Antonio Conte as the club's new manager, with uh, Fabio Paratici also set to join as sporting director after leaving Juventus last month. Conte's contract at Tottenham could be worth up to £15 a year, with the former Chelsea boss promised significant funds to rebuild the squad. The squad doesn't need rebuilding. It just needs a little bit of retooling, a bit of reshaping. Uh, Real Madrid post Carlo Ancelotti is keen to raid for, uh, former club Everton for Brazilian forward Richarlison. That is made up tripe. Everton are ready to offer former Wolves boss Nuno Espirito Santo a three-year deal. That's from Nicolo Shearer, who is a spoofer of the highest order. Like, as bad as Romano is, this kid is worse. Uh, and shame on the star and BBC for giving him any sort of in, uh, mention. The Toffees could step up their interest in Pedro Neto if they appoint Nuno as the man. Does nobody understand that he is out for a considerable amount of time? He tore his patella tendon. He'll be lucky to play again before next next year, as in not next season, next year. 
Barcelona are set to sell Spanish midfielder Eliax Moribi. Moriba? Moriba. Amid interest. Why would they sell him? He's meant to be like their next big thing. Liverpool lead the race to sign Rafinha, but Manchester United and Manchester City are also in the race for the Brazilian winger. He is fantastic. And while I would prefer Liverpool to sign Sancho, like I said earlier, let's not pretend he wouldn't be an incredible signing. He is top, top drawer. Um, The Reds have never declared interest or asked Leeds about Rafinha's availability, according to the Yorkshire Evening Post. So, you know, it's the local voice. We'll go with them. Uh, Arsenal are ready to offload Matteo Guendouzi for just €10 million. I don't believe that to be true. I think that's just the French press making things up. Everton are considering a move for Netherlands right-back Denzel Dumfries. Yeah, I mean, he's not Max Aaron's level, but he's a good player. Um, I think he's the captain of PSV, isn't he? I could be wrong. I think he's the captain of PSV now. Um, But 18 caps for the Netherlands. Good player. Yeah. I think he'd be a good addition. Yeah, he is the captain of uh, PSV Eindhoven. So maybe he can bring some leadership to that Everton team. They could do with some. Ajax have leapfrogged Manchester United in the race to sign Kamaldeen Suleimana from Nordelsjand. Whoever gets him is getting a star. You know what? Do you remember I said I'd sign Michael Alise? I think I might sign him instead. I want both. How can I have both? I need to find about six million to get him as well. I really want him in my fake Southampton team. If I can, if I can nick. Vestergaard's probably going to bring me in more than 15. I'm going to say I'll get 20 for Vestergaard. Maybe get Bade for 18 million. That gives me 11 million left, and we're just going to throw it all at trying to get uh, Suleimana. That's what we're going to do. We're going to throw it all at him. Uh, big wages, the lot. Um, I've gone lost now. Oli Giroud is set to choose AC Milan when his contract at Chelsea expires. Yeah, that's fine. Saeed Kalasnic is set to be sold by Arsenal after Schalke said they could not make his loan move permanent. Yeah, well, it's not surprising, really. He hasn't ever been very good for Arsenal. Um, I assume he's got one year left in his contract. They're not going to get much of anything for him, but they should just get him out the door because... You know, he needs to go and play his career somewhere. And he's still only 27. He'll be 28 this summer. So, you know, he can make something somewhere. Um, Atletico Madrid are open to offers for Spanish midfielder Saul Niguez, who has previously been linked to Manchester United. He'd be perfect for Liverpool to replace Wijnaldum. Fiorentina are interested in signing Tomei Bakayoko on loan from Chelsea this summer. This is from the spoofer with the catchphrase, who is putting two and two together because Gattuso is gone there. He had him at Napoli. 
he is guessing more than anything. Returning coach Max Allegri met with Juventus staff on Thursday with the future of Cristiano Ronaldo on top of the list of topics. Yeah, I would imagine getting rid of him is probably the, the preferred choice for most. Tottenham are still in talks with Youngman's son over a new contract. Douglas Louise is expected to stay with Aston Villa as Manchester City are unlikely to trigger a buyback clause for the Brazil midfielder. But then they'll wonder why they've spent, you know, another billion over the next couple of years when they could have just kept him as their Fernandinho replacement. Diego Simeone is close to agreeing a two-year extension to stay with Atletico Madrid till 2024. God knows what they'll pay him on the next one. Uh, French champions Lille are interested in naming Patrick Vieira as successor to the former boss, Christophe Galtier. So Galtier is going to Nice, who sacked Vieira. And Vieira is going to fail upwards into the, into the Lille job. Interesting. Um, and yeah, Nicholas Bentner has announced he is going to become a coach. God, considering his ego as a player, I can't even imagine what he'd be like as a coach. But that's it. That is the gossip. That is the show. Thank you, as always, for listening. Um, Hope you all have a really, really good weekend. Don't do anything stupid. Don't do anything foolish. It's bank holiday weekend here in Ireland. You had yours last week, UK. We have ours now. So, no doubt, the people of Dublin will go out and make an absolute mess of the place. Because why not? You know? Why would you put something in a bin when you can just throw it on the ground? Uh, Take care. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.